what it does, it creates so much pain and it makes it so mm. disgusting that you want to move away from it. Mm. But you can't just move away from something. You have to move into something. That's true. If everything starts with our thoughts. Thoughts dictate our beliefs, which then dictate the way we treat and view the world, which then becomes our repeated being. And that is our personality, which then is our Welcome back to Food for Thought. I'm Santiago Castro, your host. Today we are with Alex Klott. He is a leadership strategist and the founder and CEO of Vival Group. Alex, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate you. I know you're super busy, so. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I've man. Uh, been a big fan watching watching some of the content that you've been thanks, putting man. out. So uh, honor to be here. Thanks. And uh, yeah, just excited to talk for for a little bit today. Yeah, man. I mean, I know you're super busy. You're the founder and the CEO of, of Vival, and you. I mean, you're a father as well. You have a wife, yep. and you, I know you were. You ran into in 2020. You ran over like a thousand plus. You know, people. You oversaw that in Awakened Church. That's a that's a big thing. Like, thank you for your time and all yeah. that. So, man, it's it's super great. I want to actually. Bro. Main reason I want to have you on this show is is because I want to really dive into your story. You know, I know you have an amazing story. I've personally heard it, um, and then I really want to kind of tie into where you're at now and really. Yeah show what is possible because that's the whole point of the show i mean yeah. on the show my main goal is to bring freedom out of overcoming the human default mm. and actually coincidentally the main reason why i know that <laughs> is because of you you know uh, on, like we had a i think it was a workshop that i was part of yep. and you were going through that uh, and I had like an idea of what I wanted, um, but you were kind of like pushing me to have something simple and like really be intentional about each word. So yeah. I thank you for that, man. That's that's yeah. all you. So I oh, appreciate it. Man. And what you do, you know, directly ties into that because that goes into beliefs, into, you know, the way you see yourself. And it's just really, really great to kind of have this you know, full circle come around. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited, man. I really want to get into your story. Um, but before that, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, Vival Group for the people who don't know what that is. You know, why did you start it? Like, what, what, what are you doing now? What, what's the mission with that? Yeah. So we are... Um, um, there's a lot of probably words you could use. I mean, leadership strategy mm -hmm. is, you know, a big part of it. Habit, habit transformation strategy is a big part of it. Vision acceleration. I mean, basically, mm -hmm. you know, our mission is to empower, you know, a million on-purpose leaders to start living their vision now. Nice. Um, because we, we know visionaries can dream for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> but living that dream is a whole mm -hmm. different story. Yeah, and for me, um, really, the reason we started at Vival means to bring to life. Um, I personally experienced a lot of frustration growing up, not seeing what I saw in my mind mm -hmm. in reality in my life. And so I became kind of, uh, obsessed might be a, a good word, <laughs> bad word depends on, depends on how you use it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I became very passionate, very obsessed about how, figuring out how to live in my vision, live in what I saw in my mind, but actually live in reality. And so, mm. um, we want to bridge that gap from vision to reality for people, because if visionaries can start living out their purpose yeah. and serve other people in massive ways, this world gets a whole lot better, a lot faster. So 100%. that's, uh, that's why we started it. And, um, and that's our mission. It's where we're headed. That's awesome, man. I, I personally went through, uh, the Vival experience and yeah. it was honestly great, man. I, it's one of the biggest reasons why I've hit so many goals. Mm. Um, I was, I was very goal oriented prior, but it was kind of like shooting in the dark. You know what I mean? I was yeah. just like, I'm, I'm going after goals and, and it, I felt like I was putting more effort that, that needed to, I, at least, I was more energy putting towards these goals I feel like that totally. I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and it was just, because again, I, was, I didn't know what I was doing, but yeah, man, I, we'll talk about that a little bit, but kind of bring us back, man. Where, where do you know, where did it all start? Yeah. I know you, you said that you uh, grew up mainly in California, correct? Yep, yeah, grew up nice. in California, San Luis Obispo, shout out to the 805. <laughs> um, uh, wine country's, I mean, it's beautiful. Obviously, nice. didn't really experience that a whole lot when I was younger, but now yeah, that yeah. I'm uh, older, got a wife, and yeah, uh, yeah. enjoy wine, uh, it's a beautiful place. But grew up there, um, pretty normal childhood. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I grew up, you know, middle class family, um, but you know, basically my whole life was disrupted at nine years old when my dad passed away, and it was mm -hmm. a pretty um, obviously it's a traumatic thing, no matter who you are. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, pretty early on, you know, I started to realize there were some things that uh, I'm thankful that I learned through the passing of my dad that I don't know mm -hmm. if I would have learned otherwise. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur. He, uh, you know, was probably one of the most brilliant tax strategists, mm -hmm. um, which is probably where I get a bit of my strategic yeah, inc yeah. inclining um, that, you know, that was in the country at the time. He was, um, you know, a columnist in the New York Times frequently, wrote several books. Oh, wow. And uh, and he, you know, was so good at what he did that when he passed the IRS, like the IRS wow. issued a letter of regret saying, Dang. we're really sorry that Gary passed away because he was one yeah. of the only people that could actually take really complex things that we wow. do and actually make it simple. Dang. And so That's for me, crazy. 
I, I realized a few things. Number one, and you know, to this day, I honor my dad. I'm thankful for the time I had with him, and I mm. only felt love and acceptance when I had him here. Yeah. Um, but but there were some things I learned about how to live and maybe how not to live from his example. And and one of those yeah. was, you know, we should never sacrifice our health mm. or our family on the altar of achievement. Mm, that's and good, yeah. and I think now today it's so easy to see like chasing after the next goal or trying to hit yeah. the next thing or trying to, you know. It's like to what end, right? Mm-hmm. And and so everything that we do, the reason you know that was such a big lesson for me is because I realized I'm not going to be single-minded or single-focused. I'm going to look at everything holistically, mm-hmm. meaning I can't just put my business in one basket and say that doesn't affect my spiritual life or it doesn't mm-hmm. affect my family life or it doesn't affect this stuff. Yeah. And so for me, everything had to be holistic, and and that means health in every area, not balance, right? Mm-hmm. It's impossible, yeah, yeah. but health. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second thing was was learning that we've got to start you know, living in our purpose now versus later. He, you know, was really good at tax strategy, but yeah. it wasn't necessarily his full passion. Mm. He loved the music and was a brilliant wow. musician, um, brilliant composer, but kind of laid that down when his dad, who came over, you know, right before the Holocaust um, from Russia, oh, wow. um, basically said, hey, you know, if you're not going to get your economics degree, you're cut off. And so Dang. my dad, you know, did the, yeah. you know, the thing that looked right in the short game, which mm-hmm. was, you know, get your economics degree, don't get yeah. cut off. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it turned out great. And it's how he met my mom and all this stuff. So it, it was perfect. But he never really re-engaged with his passion mm. thinking he probably could later on in life, but he just never got that chance. Mm. Um, so for me, it was always like, I'm, I'm not going to wait and assume that the long game is just going to be there one day because it might yeah. not. And so I've got to start that now, even That's if it means true. short-term sacrifice. Um, and then the last thing was, you know, I mentioned earlier, was just learning that there's a lot of uh, value and there's a lot of compensation mm. available, I believe, in making really complex things really simple. Yeah. And even that's what you do. I mean, with Optic Element, it's like taking really complex things like podcasting and social media and content creation, make it really simple for people to engage with. Um, And so that's what we did. It was like, okay, what's the big thing? It's making vision reality. Mm. Okay, it's fairly complex, you know, topic. But, you know, I I spent the last 10 years trying to figure out how do I make this as simple as possible and actually create an experience for people to, in an operating system for people to use after that experience to, to actually make their vision reality. Yeah. Um, so that happened when I was younger and then basically spent the last 10 years, you know, between, you know, different, I was with sales organizations. Then I was with a, you know, tech company, SaaS platform went from, you know, I was the second person on, you know, I think at the time it was like a hundred thousand dollars, you know, in business a year. And then within a year and a half, we were at over seven figures. And so that was an interesting experience because, you know, when you do that in like a year, year and a half, you break a lot of things. And, um, and so I had to, you know, I broke a lot of things. I had to learn how to fix a lot of things. Um, and I wasn't, you know, founder of the company, but I was part of the key team. Yeah, and so yeah. I got to see some things that were really interesting, some ways to lead, maybe some ways not to lead. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then came on a staff at Awaken Church. And, um, you know, we went from two campuses, a few thousand people now at, you know, 10,000 people a weekend nice. with, um, you know, six campuses. And, yeah, you yeah. know, like you said, oversee quite a few people, staff and et cetera. And so it's just that that was a whole lot of learning. Um, but the biggest pivotal thing for me, because when I was 22, I wrote down in a journal what I felt like God put me here to do and, and, and really build in the life I wanted. And so it was like this multi-page thing that was like really, <clears throat> to me, it was like a sacred document yeah, in a yeah. sense. It was like, wow, this is, and we call it vision script. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. what, we, what we, we take people through that exercise. And so part of it was, you know, mm-hmm. this leadership strategy group yeah. that I wanted to start. And, uh, but I was 22. You know, it's like, I didn't go to college. I didn't finish college. (laughs) Like I, um, I dropped out of pre-law because I realized I hated law, even though my whole, you know, my Jewish side of my family was lawyers. Um, and I just realized I didn't want to do it. And so fell into entrepreneurship and personal development and all that stuff. But I was like, I'm 22. I'm not going to, you know, people are going to pay me the kind of money I want to make and and I won't get to do what I want to do. So I need to learn. And so Mm -hmm. that's where the tech and that's where some of these other opportunities I had kind of gave me some practical experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it wasn't until I got formal training and it happened through this crazy thing where I wrote down the name of this company that I mm-hmm. thought I wanted to start. Mm-hmm. And I'll share the name of that in a second. And so, you know, I was in, you know, I had a social media business for a little while and was really focused on that because um, it paid the bills and helped yeah. while I was doing ministry. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and so I was part of this mastermind group. Mm-hmm. And in this mastermind group was this guy who, you know, was kind of like doing some Tony Robbins type events. And I've been to Tony Robbins stuff. I'd walked on hot coals. I'd done it all. But my wife hadn't. And so when we got invited to this event for free, it's usually a $1,000 ticket. She's like, we're going. I'm like, babe, it's four days. It's you put your phone away. I don't even get to be with you for four days. I don't want to do it. And she's like, well, we're doing it. And so I went to it. And, uh, you know, it's 100 people in the room. Mm -hmm. You get into groups of 10. I'm not with my wife. I'm like, oh, this is going to be terrible. (laughs) And, uh, And then you get in a group. Everyone's going around saying what they do. And then, you know, I say what I do. And then, you know, people are going around 
And then it gets to this woman, and her name's Diane. Hmm. And Diane changed my life because in that group, she said, my name's Diane, and I am a um, organizational leadership strategist for hmm. Fortune 500 to 100 companies. Dang. And she starts talking about what she does. And she's a Christian. I had recently become yeah, yeah. a Christian. I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. This is exactly what I want to do. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to intern for her. I'm going to pay her a lot of money. I'm going to yeah. do whatever I got to do to figure out how, because this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And then the kicker, she literally says the name of her company, which is the name of the company I wrote down in my journal yeah, yeah. five years before that. And it was That's called crazy. Blueprint Leadership Group. Um, and I lost my mind. Okay. I just literally lost my mind. So the entire Dang. weekend, I was like, God set this up and yeah, yeah. opened wow. the door for me to basically by the end of it, she said, hey, I feel that I'm supposed to mentor you for free Wow. and basically give you everything I have. That's and so crazy. she did. And, uh, and so I got formally trained in, mm-hmm. in most of what I do um, via that. And then, you know, probably spent anywhere from like seventy dollars to $100,000 in masterminds, coaching, training over the last yeah. 10 years. So between the experiential side and the formal training side, um, that's where I, you know, really came to start Vival Group in 2020 when I put mm-hmm. all of it together and created my own um, nice. business based on that. And so, wow. um, yeah, been, been doing this for, it'll be two years come like August, September. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's how, how we got yeah. to where we got. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, it's kind of like you use, you know, these area, these like different positions in your life to kind of leverage and gain experience to kind of get you where you're ultimately at. Yeah. What, was it, did you, were you always building towards uh, like Vival or was it just like a moment in 2020? Cause I know a lot of people in 2020 had those moments. Yeah. Like, I'm going to start a business. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you? Was it like yeah. you were something that just like you've been planning it and then it just officially launched 2020 or was it something that you're like, Hey, I'm just going to jump for it. Yeah. I think I'd honestly been planning it subconsciously since I was mm-hmm. young. I always knew I wanted to do something big. I coached high school football, was going to be coaching college football. And then, mm. you know, the plan was to eventually maybe even be in the NFL coaching, not playing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 5'10 and I'm white. Like, not, <laughs> and 5'10 is generous. Yeah, no. um, but it, it really was something that I felt subconsciously. I love coaching people. Mm. I love, you know, maximizing people's potential. Um, but I would say since I was mm. 21, 22, when I wrote all of that down in that journal, yeah. that was the day that everything became about that. Now, I didn't actually start actioning that or practically doing that or building the company, but yeah. I started building myself to have the skill sets, yeah. the character, the experience to become the person that mm-hmm. could lead that company. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, that was probably, you know, five years after that was when I actually launched the company, six years after that. Oh, nice. um, and so uh, 2020 was kind of the birth of it, mm-hmm. but I had been basically spending the last five years before that becoming the person that could actually lead that company and be the person wow. that could that could build it. Um, so 2020 is more of like the snap, like it yeah. happened, but it had yeah. been I'd been focused on yeah, it yeah. for five years. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's just like it was it's pretty like marinating for a while. Oh yeah, and then 2020 was kind of where yeah, because I had to filter yeah. through all my experiences, like you that said, whether sense, I was yeah. at the tech company or whether I was you know at the church or wherever I went, I had the yeah. filter of. I have to become the person that can help someone bring vision to reality, yeah, whether yeah. it's organizationally, whether it's personally, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so that helped me stay in things that I didn't want to be in, yeah, yeah. you know, or help me, you know, really like make the most of everything mm-hmm. I was doing because I was doing it for something bigger. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, when you say it like that, it's kind of because for me, it felt like I kind of um, just started my company in 2020. Well, it was kind of like the idea was started in 2020, but I didn't launch until 2021. Yeah. Um, but in reality, like, everything up to that moment was kind of like, I, I've always was creative naturally. And then I kind of went and joined the Marine Corps. I didn't want to go to college. Yeah. And creatives naturally are just very disorganized. It's just kind of <laughs> like what I've noticed. It's just like, I mean, yeah. and there's, there's science that proves that having a disorganized room really in, like inspires more creativity. Um, and I guess that's kind of how it goes hand in hand. But um, when I joined the Marine Corps, kind of like structured me a little bit to be more strategical yeah. and a lot more organized. Yeah. Um, so then when I got out, I was able to kind of focus on, you know, the side, the side of being creative, but with, with structure, because mm. the way I see it, the is unicorn, like, exactly, <laughs> I know, right? it's, and it's kind of, and it's kind of hard cause I work with creators and I love, yeah. I love all, all, all the people I work with, but I can see the, uh, this organization, yeah. but it's kind of like, you have to let them be in that, mm-hmm. uh, to an extent, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, I, I love both structure. Structure was something that I had to like really practice, yeah. um, but creativity comes naturally. And it's yeah. something that I got to at least kind of bring together. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and then that really is kind of what optic element is. It brings the structure to creativity mm. to be able to to use properly. Because yeah. the way I see it is like creativity is kind of like because I was a martial arts instructor in the Marine Corps, so I use I use a lot of, yeah, not, a lot a lot of analogies, analogies yeah. with, with weapons. But like <laughs> when you take a bullet, it has gunpowder in it. If you were to clamp it and then like just take a like a, probably like a pin and hammer it, it'll go off. It'll explode. Wow. It, it, it will actually like probably cause some damage because there's there's so much power in it, and that's yeah. kind of what creativity is. Mm. And then but if you take that same round and put it into a weapon that has structure, has systems and processes, mm -hmm. um, now it's able to be pointed in a certain direction and, and yeah. actually execute something wow. uh, with precision, right? Yeah. And that's what structure is, right? Mm. And then when you bring together both Hello. of them, you know, that's kind of what optic element is. And yeah. that's that's why I love what I do. Yeah. Um, but it kind of like makes sense because I was, you know, creative in this area, but then the Marine Corps, you know, I learned a lot of things about leadership, mostly yeah. on what not to do. Um, <laughs> but I, it kind of like all build me up for this moment. And yeah. it feels like, and that's kind of what it always ends up being. Like a lot of people feel like overnight, you know, yeah. these people come up with these ideas, but so it's just something that you build over time. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's that's crazy you say that because I, I didn't really think about it like that until you said that. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's something I guess I was doing subconsciously. That's yeah. awesome, man. I want to dive into um goal setting. I know statistically only eight percent of people actually achieve their goals. And, yeah. And you know, based on the amount of people that are in this world, it's, that's a very very low number. Yeah. I, like, why do you feel like that is? You know. Mm. Yeah. I mean. And that's, you know, that's kind of why we started the company was mm -hmm. like people who have, because the only reason you set goals is because you have a vision of something better, that's right? True, yeah. Whether qualitatively or quantitatively, you're like, yeah. I want X to be better, whether it's your health and fitness or whether mm -hmm. it's your, you know, sales and marketing, you know, side of your business or whether it's your family or your marriage or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. you have a vision of something better. So you set a goal to increase that. Mm -hmm. um, and so for us, we're like, we've got to, we've got to make a difference there. And so. Yeah. Um, we, we've kind of identified um, a system that actually takes a lot of the math out of the equation in the sense of, you know, we have mm -hmm. about 90% of our clients um, hit about 90 to 100% of their goals every single quarter. Um, yeah, and that's good. so it's pretty rare, yeah, yeah. but it's because, you know, I believe the reason most people don't hit them is partially mindset stuff. And we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. But I also think that a lot of it is um, people not actually thinking that there is a way to accomplish something or there's yeah. a way to actually accelerate vision or mm. hit goals or whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so if you don't think that there is a way to do it and you think everything's just kind of happen chance or random or whatever or yeah. luck, then of course you're not going to like be committed to figuring that out. But sure. I was like, we have to figure this out. This is yeah, the yeah. essence of everything yeah, yeah. because if you don't progress, then you know, yeah. you don't live in anything. So um, the framework we use is called IRA. Mm. And for us, we call it a vision acceleration framework. You call it goal setting, you call it whatever you want, but yeah. vision acceleration. Because at the end of the day, what if you could accomplish in, you know, what you think you can do in 10 years or what yeah. you plan to do in 10 years, but what you could do in three or in five. Yeah. And I believe there's a, there's a way to do that. And so um, it's this four-step process. The first step is awareness. Mm. So we have to become aware. And I'm not here to say that I like invented this at all. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. this is a, this is a, what I would call like a first principle or fundamental truth yeah. that uh, exists no matter what, who you are. Um, now, whether you tap into it is a whole nother, you know, whole nother yeah, story. Yeah. And so awareness is the first question you have to ask yourself. And we can think of this compartmentally or we can think of this holistically. Compartmentally mean I can think of this only in my physical health and fitness. I can think of this only in my, you know, marriage. I can think of this only in my mindset or mm. only in my sales and marketing or operations or finance and admin portion of my business, or you think of it just my whole life, my whole business in general, is the first question is, where am I? What's the current reality of this state of this situation? So let's mm -hmm. say it's um, your physical health and fitness. Okay, the reality is I weigh this much, my body fat percentage is this, and I don't, you know, I, I think I can do more. <laughs> yeah. um, that's the reality. Now, if you don't know how much you weigh, if you don't know what your body fat percentage is, if you don't know um, really the state of the reality that you're living in, you're living in denial and you can't move from denial because you don't have a clear starting point. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a clear starting point. That's number one. The second thing is, and the second question is what's possible. So still in awareness, but the second question is what's possible. Uh, and there's two subsets of that. What's possible for someone else. Mm -hmm. So what's possible for someone else in physical health and fitness. Oh, well, you know, I've seen people on magazine covers and Instagram and all these things that, mm -hmm. and you know, they're shredded. They got six pack. They, yeah, yeah. you know, have, you know, 7% body fat percentage mm -hmm. or less. And you yeah. know, they're, they're bulked up or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of that is what's possible for me. Mm -hmm. And if those two things are different, ding, 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 you found yourself a limiting belief. Because we believe that there is no result that does not come from something we have or have not done. Yeah, in other yeah. words, you can take full responsibility for everything in your life. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that just happens accidentally. It's either yeah. from something that's done or, or not been done, which is freeing yeah. for a lot of people. 
if you're willing to take personal responsibility and it's That's really true, condemning yeah. for a lot of people who don't want to take personal responsibility because it causes you to confront the actual issue. 100%. So yeah, that's yeah. where we see limiting beliefs, and that's where you can start to address those things, mm. um, because you know limiting beliefs are the things that actually keep us from engaging in the activity that moves the needle forward. Yeah, 100%, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really the foundation to everything, too. Yeah, because I mean, I know um, I heard I heard somebody talking about how in today's age there's a lot of um, you know like affirmation kind yeah. of like gurus. Yeah, uh, but it's like it's and that's that's great and everything and it has its place. Yeah, but you can't just continuously just like just say affirmations and think yeah. that, you know, you're going to like, you know, your life's going to happen. Like you have to prove it to yourself. Cause it's yeah. not like you'll, you'll go insane to believe something that's that you don't really like to say something you don't really believe is almost like being insane. Yeah. And so if you always do that, it's like, you're, there's just like, it almost feels like kind of like you're, you're doing the easy part, but you're not doing the hard part, yeah. which is the actual underlining issue. Yes. And you have to, you have to identify that limit, which is actually, you know, very hard to do. Yeah. Like when I went through the process, like they're so deep, they're so like grounded. Um, yeah. I definitely recommend doing it with someone like you guys mm -hmm. did it with us, well, at least with me. And it, it really, it's like, it's, you really have to ask the right questions yeah. to really get into it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these things are really deep, deeply rooted into our subconscious, which yeah. is kind of what I, what I call the human default, which yeah. is kind of like what we do yeah. naturally, you know, yeah. like w without even knowing it. Yeah. Um, and it, it really ties into the way we operate. Like when people might set goals, but if they have these limiting beliefs, you know, yeah. they're not going to achieve them. Yeah. It just feels more of like they just want to participate in the task of, you know, a, like at least setting a goal. Yeah. And it's just, I, I want to dive into that a little bit more yeah. about like limiting beliefs. Like yeah. why, I feel like a lot of people hear those words, um, but like from a scientific level, or, or at least we, we understand why, yeah. you know, but like to simplify how, how does that keep us completely from actually hitting our goals? Totally. Uh, and how, how may it seem like, you know, a lot of times we kind of create busy goals, I feel like. Like, yeah. seem like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this uh, to seem like I'm busy, like to seem yeah. like I'm, I'm actually moving the needle forward, but they're yeah. not. Um, yeah. So limiting beliefs, and we, it's a buzzword right now. Like, yeah. it's everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I learned, uh, I learned some of this stuff from a, a brilliant marriage and family therapist, but he's, mm. he's basically a... In, in my mind, he's also a performance psychologist. Like he's mm. he's just absolutely brilliant, knowing how the brain works. So once again, first you know, first principles, fundamental truths is um, if we think of an identity model in the sense of who we are at our core, mm -hmm. um, we have results in our life, whether that be our weight, whether that be business mm -hmm. success, whether that be lack of business success, whether that be our marriage being healthy or not healthy, whatever the case is, you have results. And so I would call that have. And then above that, you have do, which is activity. So those are based on things we have or have not done. So mm -hmm. our activity determines our results. Mm -hmm. And then above that, what influences activity is behavior. Mm -hmm. So who we are, right? How yeah. we've chosen to behave, the words we speak, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that is influenced ultimately by how we think. Mm -hmm. And how we think is our beliefs, which yeah. you would either call empowering beliefs or limiting beliefs based on how they're serving you and yeah. accomplishing what you want to accomplish at the results level. And then our beliefs are ultimately influenced by our upbringing, right? The input that we have, the information we have, the people we surround ourselves with, the books we read, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, the traumas, the micro traumas, et cetera. And so it really, if you want to change, because everyone wants to change the limiting results, but if, and you can maybe change some activity. So like I can start to work out more, but if mm -hmm. I don't change the behavior and if I don't change ultimately the belief, it'll just reset and I'll just yeah. keep having limiting results eventually because I didn't change the belief. Yeah. Um, and so what we found was whenever there's limiting results, once again, it's because there's limiting activity mm. and because there's limiting behavior and because there's limiting beliefs. Now, how do you get all the way back to what's a limiting belief and how do you transform it into an empowering one is really fascinating. There's a book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Dr. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel Brandon. One of my mentors um, referred it to me. It's one of the books that someone had told me about like five times. And then <laughs> he said it the sixth time, I was like, I probably should read this book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I read it three years ago when he first told me. But I read it and it talked about how it's, it's this very fascinating thing. Um, there is this thing called stimulus response. We're all pretty much aware of that. Mm -hmm. And this is basically the reason why you have limiting beliefs uh, and how other people can basically face the same issue in life, yet they can have success and you can fail. Mm. So like, you know, same business opportunity, someone succeeds, someone fails. Mm -hmm. um, you know, same level of, you know, you know, let's say mountain that they're facing, yeah. difficulty, whatever, it comes their way. Some person succeeds, some person fails, and it comes down to this one thing. It's... This idea of stimulus, meaning a stress, comes to all of us. Now, whether we move into eustress or distress mm. is based on one question. Distress is what we would call like, you know, limiting, 
you know, action, right? So it's yeah. like paralysis or it's fear or it's distress. And this is how um, this psychologist would basically teach you how to get back to the limiting belief is you start with a feeling. Mm-hmm. Where are you experiencing negative emotion? So anyone mm-hmm. can do this if you're listening right now. Just think of where are you experiencing limitation because wherever you're experiencing limitation, you're also probably experiencing negative emotion, mm-hmm. whether that be distress, anxiety, fear, anger, bitterness, whatever it is. Yeah. And then he said, so that's distress. Mm-hmm. Stress is not bad because mm. stress comes to all of us. It, yeah. it puts pressure on something that um, yeah, yeah, that we need to basically make a choice on. 100%. And then distress is bad, and you stress is where we go into positive action. It's, mm. it's this idea that I'm going to move into energy. It's this challenge, obstacle that comes my way, and instead of paralyzing, which is a lack of action, it's limiting activity, yeah. or you know, it's bad activity, moves us into positive action. Mm. And so what he said is the only difference this book talks about is the answer to one question. And that one question is this, can I handle this? Mm. So if you fundamentally believe that you can handle what's facing yeah. you, then you will go into eustress. Yeah. And that's why people get positive results because they engage in positive action because sure. they have a positive behavior response, which ultimately is driven by a belief that I can handle this versus mm. the negative side of that yeah. where I don't believe I can handle this. I believe this is too big for me. I believe that I'm not capable of this. Yeah. And ultimately those, those two fears that are fundamental to all of us is mm-hmm. I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy mm-hmm. are the two things that are driving that response, which is, I don't think I could do this yeah. or I can do this. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of that ultimately comes from how we were raised, right? Our, yeah. our really our relationship with our fathers and our, yeah. and our mothers. It's fascinating. Like if you watch any performance psychologist, whether you Tony Robbins or whether it's kind of work we do or someone else, mm-hmm. most of all the work comes back to, you know, your yeah. relationship with 100%. your parents. Yeah, 100%. And if it's good, it's, you know, you probably have this esteem that mm-hmm. says I can handle whatever's in my way. Yeah. And if it wasn't good, meaning there was a bar that you never reached or felt like you didn't reach with them, yeah. guess what? You're probably living in performance and you probably always feel like you can never, it's never enough. Yeah, um, and so we start with that feeling when we're trying to identify a limiting belief. And then what you do is you say, okay, you're experiencing anxiety, distress, fear, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's work it back down towards what's, what are the thoughts that come up? Mm-hmm. And the thoughts can be, um, I'll never make as much money as I want to make or I'll always fall short or I'll never be able to lose weight or I'm always going to look this way or whatever it is, right? Um, And then what you do is you root all those back into the reality of the limiting beliefs, which is the only two that exist. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. And then when you say those stuff out loud, you're like, this this, this isn't real. I know this isn't real. Um, And if you do believe it's real, then we've got to rewire. And so what you do is you take each one of those thoughts. Let's say, I'm never going to be good enough to, 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 you know, to make this much money or I'll never be able to lose this much weight. And you actually counteract it with thoughts that agree with the opposite of that, mm-hmm. alternate empowering truths. Um, and it's affirmations in a sense. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but affirmations on their own don't work. 100%. You have to actually partner them with, yeah. with evidence is what we would call it. Yeah. And so uh, you create these, these alternate truths. So in conflict of that or in contrast of that, which is I'll never be good enough, is I'm more than capable yeah. of accomplishing all of my goals. Yeah. And so you say that, and at first it sounds weird and it sounds not right, yeah, but yeah. say this one enough times, the negative one, and you'll feel like crap. Say yeah. this one enough times and you'll start to realize, wow, you know, something's yeah. changing in here. Um, because what your brain is looking for in the reticular activating system, which mm-hmm. is this, and you're, we, you've talked about this, I think, in, yeah, one yeah. Of your, in one of your episodes, is, um, is it's looking for evidence of the most dominating thoughts that you have. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you have 60,000 thoughts a day and you've got this list of things that basically are limiting you know, thoughts that are running through your head about how you're not good enough or how you're not worthy. Yeah. Your brain is looking for evidence of that constantly because yeah. it's the most dominating thought. So most of us yeah. are playing defense at best. Yeah. So what affirmations do is they directly attack mm. the lies that are constantly running through our head. And we, let's say you do those 10 times a day, which seems like yeah. a lot, but I mean, how many times are these running through your head? And so if you do these, you know, 10 times a day, what you're doing is you're actually saying, I'm going to go on mm. offense and make these the most dominating thoughts in my head. And yeah. then my brain's actually going to start looking for evidence of that to be true. So then let's say I'm more than capable of reaching all my goals. So then the evidence that we want to match up with it, because you need to locate evidence for yourself. Because if you do affirmation of that evidence, your brain's going to call you a liar and shut it all down. Now, if you just do evidence and all you do is I don't believe in affirmations, I'm not going to rewire my language, but I am going to just do the work. That'll be good, but eventually you'll reset and it'll just... It'll, it'll break. So yeah. you have to do both. And then you would add something as evidence work of like, I'm going to make this many calls a day um, because I know this is the type of thing that someone who believed that they can accomplish all they would do yeah. would do. And so you're actually attaching, you know, empowering language, empowering mm-hmm. belief with empowering action. 
Yeah. And empowering action is the thing that creates empowering results. Um, and so that's how we, you know, we found is is best to rewire. And you can actually rewire your yeah. whole limiting belief system into an empowering belief system in 12 weeks if wow. you do it that way. Um, but it takes commitment, obviously. Yeah. But that's how you can yeah. kind of get down to the root is you start with feeling, thought, and then the belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, your goal is to get every limitation into a place mm-hmm. where you say, I can handle this. Yeah, Whereas yeah. no matter what comes your way, I can handle this. Because then it doesn't shut you down yeah. and you can stay in empowering action, which creates yeah. empowering results. Yeah. Long way around of, of, yeah, of yeah. talking about this. Yeah. No, 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 100%. Man, that's, uh, this is like what I love to talk about. It really is one of the biggest things too, because I feel like within at least culture of everybody, like it's, we, we live in like a self-help culture, I feel like. Yeah. Everybody's trying to like, you know, better themselves, but by themselves. Yeah. It's kind of like, to yeah. me, it's kind of toxic, but um, there's like almost what you're talking about. It's like people take one of these things and they expand them, whether it's goal setting yeah. and then they make it its own thing. And then people are frustrated because they're doing what these people say and they're trying to hit these goals or even affirmations. Like yeah. you said, these things alone are, they're they're pretty much useless. Yeah. You have to piece them together. And yes. I feel like what ties that all together is really understanding. Cause yes. it's with, with any of the, cause again, I can do, I can goal set and I can do affirmations, but if I don't understand where to project these things towards yeah. or what to focus on, yeah. then it's like almost useless. You know, yeah. like you're, you're using really, you know, really powerful tools, but for, but for what? Like yeah. for nothing that's really like actually pushing you anywhere, 100%. which is kind of what it feels like, you know, cause for, at least for me, it's like you had to like face what that limiting belief was to mm-hmm. identify that to then yeah. attack it yeah. and then and then all these things come into play like affirmations is like a huge part because your words carry so much power yeah but again like you know what's what's all this power if you're you know throwing it towards something that doesn't matter yeah. or maybe something that you're trying to like say is a problem because yeah. you don't want to go deep enough to really yeah. identify what the real 100%. problem is so it's like it's it's crazy how you say it. that's really and when you put all those things together obviously then you're able to actually start constructing good habits and actually doing what yeah. you want to do what would you say is a good way to then actually uh, i mean you could probably this probably ties in but to dismantle bad habits you know yeah. or replace you know, bad habits with good habits. Like, yeah. what would you say? Like, you know, I know some people have issues with whether it's nicotine and again, yeah. like I, I tell people whether they're addicted to drugs or alcohol or food, it's like, it's not, that's not the issue. You know, obviously yeah. there's a deeper lining issue, mm-hmm. um, which also ties into limiting beliefs and the yeah. way you feel about yourself and all this stuff. Yeah. What would you say about like bad habits and things like that and like self-destruction? Yeah, I think, um, and part of it kind of ties into the, to the rest of that, that framework that we're talking about because the reality is, you know, once you figure out what's possible, Mm-hmm. you have to figure out what you want is kind of that last part of it. Yeah. And what you want is who you want to become, not what other people want you to become. Because if someone else tells you, hey, smoking's bad, but you don't believe it or it's not what you want, well, yeah. guess what? You're not going to change anything. That's true. And so really the, the the important thing is to create enough pleasure in the sense of like, this is who I want to become and I want to become that person so bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm so pulled towards that that I'm yeah. inspired in, internally, not externally. Because yeah, yeah. external motivation only does so much. And then you have, you know, on the other side of that, you also have the reality of, okay, well, this is what I want, which means I want to grow into someone different, mm-hmm. but also I want to, I want to get away from who I, mm-hmm. you know, kind of am now and these habits I have. Um, and so there's pain. Mm-hmm. So pain and pleasure, you have to work with both of them, knowing that those yeah. are the only things that are going to change anybody really. So That's you have true. to create this ideal picture of who you want to be, but also knowing how different it is from who you are now and move into that. Um, and that's not like self-hatred or anything like that. It's just like, hey, I want to grow into something, someone different. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, that's a really big part of it is, is, is that. And then it's not only just how do I stop do, doing something, mm-hmm. which if you just want to stop doing something, create enough pain around it where it doesn't seem appetizing anymore. Like, yeah. and, and one of the exercises that um, it's fascinating, a, lo- a lot of you know, psychologists would say is you have to, once again, associate enough pain with that thing to where you would never want to touch it again. And I remember going to um, a certain, you know, basically transformational workshop experience. And it was this idea of, okay, well, how do we create enough pain around that thing you want to see like total done with? But you can't just do that. You have to create a picture of what you want. Mm-hmm. So first do that, right? Um, create you know, whether it's in written down or audio or something of a very clear picture of who you want to become that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with what you're currently, that current behavior. Yeah. Um, and, and recognize that you can actually separate who you are from your, from the things that you're doing. You can actually become someone different mm-hmm. and believe that's possible because identity in the original language means repeated way of being. Mm-hmm. So you're not actually, you're not the problem. Your behavior is the problem. Your habits are the problem, but you're not the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to, you know, predict the future, you know, they say, if you want to decide the future, then you've got to decide new habits. So 100%. Um, what they said was, okay, so let's say it's smoking, for instance, mm-hmm. right? So this exercise would say, okay, well then, um, what is what does it currently look like? What's the pain that you're causing yourself? Mm-hmm. And what's the pain 
that you're causing other people that you care about mm. and focus on that and just think about that right now. What does that look like? Mm. And maybe you'll be a bit like, okay, it's not really, some people don't like smoke, but I'm not harmed health wise. I'm not X, Y, Z. And then, but you say, okay, a year from now, mm-hmm. two years from now, mm-hmm. five years from now, 10 years from now, I want mm-hmm. you to imagine the level of pain mm. that you've caused yourself and you've caused other people by staying in this habit or by participating in this specific thing. Mm -hmm. And eventually, and and they they ask you to like, just get very visual about it in your own mind. And it becomes this very like, it's it's pretty gnarly experience. And I wouldn't say go through it by yourself. Like (laughs) definitely definitely connect with somebody to guide you through it. But but what it does, it creates so much pain and it makes it so Mm. disgusting that you want to move away from it. Mm. But you can't just move away from something. You have to move into something. And so that's where this idea of intentionality comes into play, which is kind of that second part of Mm -hmm. the framework. And the intentionality says, okay, what are the few things I need to do that will move the needle on the rest of it? It's kind of like the Pareto principle, right? 20%, 80%. which says that you know 20% of what we do affects 80% of results, 80% of what we do only impacts 20% of the results. Yeah. So what we want to do is identify, okay, what is, what is something, what are the things that someone who isn't addicted or someone, you know, yeah. what are some habits that, that I need to step into now that maybe someone who isn't addicted would do? And it's all these specific things mm-hmm. that, you know, and if you don't know what they are, then you need to go find out you know, yeah, who yeah. has that result, who has those results that you want and figure out what they do um, and, and step into those. And yeah, then yeah. you want to habitualize those because then they become part of your identity. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like walking into a room with a hundred levers mm-hmm. and each lever is a, is a habit is something that might move the needle. It might move the needle 20% or it might move the needle 80%, but you don't know. Yeah. And that's why getting mentorship, finding someone who's advanced in that yeah. stage or has overcome what you want to overcome find out what they did hey which levers are they because each lever every time you pull it takes three months to find out if it was the right lever yeah right because that's how long it takes to see results so um so it's so for me it's a big part of undoing habits is Mm -hmm. is as much of it is is moving away from pain it's moving towards pleasure which is a vision of who you want to be yeah um but it is important to recognize hey this is the pain that it's causing me Mm -hmm. and this is who i want to become and so i've got to transform through habit implementation um what that looks like yeah that's good, man. I know a lot of people uh, definitely can benefit from that because it's. I feel like something that's. I, I feel like it's again. It's really complex stuff. It's yeah. Like things that you need to be walked through, and it's, and it's a, it's something you got to really dive into. And a lot of people are again don't want to face things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely one of the most important things. I mean, honestly, if not one of the uh, not the most important thing of your life, because again, your beliefs run everything that you do. Yeah. Uh, and then again, your your habits, your good ones and your bad ones. Um, so if you you know once you identify those limiting beliefs, and then you have you know you start to then um, you know find that alignment of who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And how do you like for people who are like, well, I'm not like self disciplined or like yeah. it's kind of hard. Like, what do you recommend for that? Yeah. So when it comes to installing new habits, there's a few things that are really important. Obviously. You've, once you figure out who you want to become mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you've decided these are the activities I'm going to participate on on a weekly basis. Let's even just say working yeah. out. Let's just make it really simple. So let's say you want to be someone who works out, you know, four days a week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so if you just say, hey, I'm going to work out four days a week. And I was like, you know, closing things into 12-week increments yeah. because a year's too long, a month's too short, a quarter is where most corporations do their, you know, analysis and, and performance. Yeah. So I would say work and live in 12 week worlds. Mm -hmm. And so let's say, okay, over the course of 12 weeks, I want to work out, you know, four times a week, 12 times four, 48. Let's just move it to 42, just to give yourself six times where you, you know, overslept or you didn't make it, whatever. Yeah. But just to say, okay, I'm gonna work out 42 times this quarter. You have a 30% chance analysis and data shows of actually accomplishing Mm -hmm. that mission. But what moves it to 90% is saying when and where. Mm. And most people think they need to make every day look the same. Sunday needs to look like Monday, needs to look like Tuesday, needs to look like Wednesday. But one of my mentors taught me in terms of rhythm and flow and getting into a cadence and and really a a flow in life where you can maximize your capacity is make Mondays look the same. Mm -hmm. Every Monday should look the same. Every Tuesday should look the same. Every Mm -hmm. Wednesday should look the same. Every Thursday, not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so um, once you do that, you can say, okay, well, every Monday at um, after I eat, you know, after I wake up and have my coffee, I'm going to go and work out. And so it has a trigger, meaning after I do X thing that I do yeah. all the time, then I go and do X thing, mm. which is going and working out. And then on Wednesdays, I'm going to work out um, right after my coffee. And then Thursday's a little different because I have to do it after work. And so as soon as I come home, instead of sitting on the couch, I'm going to put my workout clothes on. Mm. So as soon as I walk in the door, I know I've got to go put my workout clothes on. And then the fourth time, let's say it's a Saturday, I'm going to do it first thing in the morning, just like the other days. Mm. 
And so when and where, and then where, like, I don't know where I'm going to work out. Well, yeah, yeah. so basically removing friction mm. is the most important thing because if your brain has to think even a little bit, yeah, yeah. your willpower is so low. People don't realize how low their willpower is yeah, yeah. that it's not even worth it. You're better just to design something that has zero friction and then step into it. So that's, that's in, yeah. in terms of like the designing it side. So that's the 90%. Mm-hmm. And then I believe the remaining 10% where you could really make sure that you get stuff done yeah. is you basically set up what I call um, an accountability box. Mm. And an accountability box is basically the answer to the question, how do I do the things I don't want to do? Yeah, yeah, and it's this idea of pain and pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Coming back into it, but actually making it, you know, yeah, implementable. Yeah. So let's use that example again: the forty-two workouts. Mm-hmm. So let's say you want to accomplish forty-two workouts in twelve weeks. So what you would do is you say, okay, my goal is um, I've got a lagging and a leading measure. Mm-hmm. So a lagging-based goal is outcome-based only. So let's say your whole goal of working out four days a week is because you want to lose ten pounds in yeah. a quarter. So let's say you know losing ten pounds is the outcome base. But you need to have leading measures as much as you have lagging. So let's say you have the, I want to lose 10 pounds. But if I don't lose 10 pounds, but I do get my 42 workouts, then that counts. I'm going to I'm gonna say I won because mm-hmm. I did the thing that I thought was going to lead to the thing yeah. that was going to change my life. <clears throat> and then you have those two things. And then you have a reward and a consequence. Reward, most people just do rewards. Like, oh, I'm going to, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to go buy myself this thing. Yeah. But most of us are not pleasure driven. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, sure, I would say yeah. 5% of us are pleasure driven. Yeah, the yeah. rest of the 95% are pain driven. And yeah. so what you do is you create something so painful or embarrassing or something that will affect you so much that when you think about it, you're like, there's no way that's going to happen, yeah. that you're going to move forward in, in, and actually do the thing you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, a funny kind of example was my wife and I, you know, we, we went out to um, for a few months to help at this campus that we took on as a church in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And so my wife had an outcome goal for her health and fitness that she wanted to hit. But I'm like, babe, you know, we don't just do outcome goals. We do yeah, yeah. leading based goals. So what are you going to do? She's like, oh, I'm going to do 75 hard, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do like 40 of it instead mm-hmm. of 75. Because, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever she wanted to do. I said, that's fine. You don't have to do 75 hard. You yeah. can do 40 hard. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she, she chose to do that, which is not an easy thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I said, okay, babe, you know how we do things, reward and consequence. You know, we figured out the when and where. And then it was like, okay, let's create a reward and consequence and box you in. And, uh, and so she said, okay, reward. I'll get this like YSL purse, like this cute little wallet. Mm-hmm. And she was pumped about that. And I'm like, cool. Um, but I'm like, okay, babe, what's your pain? She's like, oh, that's not going to motivate me. That's not going to motivate <laughs> me. I'm like, Yes, it is. Yeah, I know yeah. you. You're not pleasure driven. You'll just like, yeah, you'll yeah. miss a few and not care. I'm like, yeah. we need to create something painful so you actually want to do this. Yeah. So she said, well, she's like, nothing's painful. I can't even think of anything. I'm like, all right, babe, well, who do you really not like right now? And this is the middle of 2020. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, our governor in California, Newsom, yeah, yeah. was locking down everything, just being a, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, long story short, I was like, okay, babe, well, here's what I'll do. Because you've put the accountability keys in my hands, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is write a check in your name to him. Oh, man. Yeah, and you have to cool. post it on your social media saying that you oh, donated yeah, yeah. $300 to his campaign for re-election oh, and man. a letter of you saying how grateful you are and not being sarcastic. Yeah, She's like, yeah. no way, you can't do that. I'm like, but babe, you put the keys in my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the the beautiful thing of you know external accountability is, yeah. is you can locate this pain and pleasure mm. and then you can locate this leading and lagging. You can put it in a box yeah. and give it to somebody and say, here's the key to this box. Mm. I need you to hold me to it. And then every week have a reflection point and a check-in of, hey, I should be X percentage complete. I should be. And then you tweak things, adjust things. Oh, I'm finding this day doesn't work. This day doesn't work. And it motivates you like no end because you're like, I can't let that happen. And so guess what? My wife crushed her goal, got her purse. And ever since then realized, okay, this is actually how. And so that's how we do with our clients. We say, okay, what are the top two to three things, whether in business or in life, Mm -hmm. that you need to accomplish this quarter? And we run it through our whole system and then finish it off with the accountability box. And that's how people hit 90% of their goals. Because whether it's someone shaving off half their eyebrows or yeah. whether it's someone donating to a cause that they absolutely hate. Yeah, yeah. Or whether it's, you know, doing a Facebook Live, um, of, you know, singing a song in karaoke and they're terrible singers live yeah, yeah. in front of their, you know, thousands and thousands of followers. Like, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. it's terrible and it moves you enough That's true. to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I'm definitely, you know, driven by pain far more than pain. Uh, <laughs> Fortunately, most of us are. I know, right? Yeah. And that's actually one of the things, too, that I had an uh, issue with was uh, I'm so I was so driven by pain that, I would hit my goals, but I wouldn't actually follow through with my my uh, rewards. Yeah, um, and it was like it, it ended. Up, I realized that I was building a bad habit by doing that. Yeah, because I know if I if I didn't hit the goal, I would for sure you know do the punishment. Yeah. But then when I would hit the goal, and I'm like, well, you know, 
it's like I feel like I'm being responsible yeah, by not, it. yeah, by not like let's say if I wanted to buy or get a new tattoo or something like that, and I'm like, yeah. okay, that's two grand. Well, I might as well just put that into you know my business instead yeah. of following through with what my word said. And I realized that that's just as bad as you yeah. not hitting your goal and then not doing yeah. punishment. It's equally as out of integrity. 100. percent Yeah. 100. Yeah, percent Because I mean, and then like I tell people all the time, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Hello. Because our, our our brains don't really know the difference in like yeah. versus tasks. Like you know, you can't like just choose to be very medi- mediocre at a certain task and not think that you're not going to bring that back into your marriage 100%. or your finances because your brain doesn't understand the difference it's going to yeah. operate the same all around mm-hmm. um, and then if you try to do that then it's you're just going to burn out and yeah then, you know it's because it's hard you then you have to perform in different you know and versus like if you're at home or at work or whatever so that's that's one of the biggest things that i had to deal with yeah. um but accountability is huge like having somebody on the yeah. other end um that's one of the biggest things i heard somebody say that when they were trying to go to the gym the first thing they did was uh, they had somebody one meet them up uh, every morning at the gym to make sure that they showed up and the, every night they would give them a hundred dollars and if they didn't show up they get to keep it but if they did show up they would give it back yeah um which is the power of accountability because i mean something like that yeah, i would i would not want you know i'm like i'm gonna wake up and go to the gym. yeah yeah i'm, I'm working, gonna get you know, there yeah. 100%, yeah accountability changes everything especially because mm-hmm. um you know it's easy to let yourself down yeah. you know realize you know because you can you can let yourself down it's like nobody knows it's just yeah. me it is what it is um, but then when you involve other people, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, it becomes, it's, it becomes a lot more of a, of a actual, like becomes heavier. You yeah, know? totally. And it's just that for me, that was a game changer. Cause I have, I had everything, but it was, it was the accountability that I felt like I wasn't really, um, actually honing in. I feel like, okay, yeah. accountability, whatever. Yeah. It, it's cute, but it's not, you know, it's a waste of time. In my, yeah. my opinion, I thought it was a waste yeah. of time, but it wasn't until I started doing it where it's like every single day, you know, somebody's going to like, or not every single day, but every week, someone's going to actually follow up. And then it's like, it just sucks when you, you know, you didn't do it. Yeah. Um, and then, so it makes, and that's why those reflection points are so important, which is like, you know, the last part of that equation is once you're aware, once you're intentional about Mm -hmm. what you want to do to change, you have to become reflective and adapting. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think most growth minded people are really good at aware, being aware of what they want and and intentional about how to get it, but they don't have these reflection points. And that's what accountability does is this reflection point of like, okay, this went well, this didn't go well. Like, yeah. how do I change this? How do I adjust this? But once you can get centered on that, you can shorten the feedback loop and not just be a New, new Year's resolution person where every year you yeah. feel like, oh, now I realize that didn't work and that did work. Maybe That's I'll true, do more yeah. of that. It's like, what if you did that once That's a week? True. That's um, actually really good. Change I like your life. brought that up. Yeah. Um, because that's something that I feel like a lot of people do that again, like at the end of the year. Yeah. Know, like at, and, and like you said, that's such a long, it's yeah. a long time, like 365 days. Yeah. And then, like, I, like when I, I started doing the the week recaps every, yeah. every after I did Vival every week. And now like, there was times where I'm like, what did I do last week? So I can only imagine if you do that every year, mm-hmm. you know, you're just like, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know what happened. You know, exactly. Like yeah. it's already June now, which is insane yeah, to think 100%. about as we're recording this. But like, I'm, I'm really grateful because I know, I know everything that happened in the last you know, 24 weeks. Yeah. I can look at every single week and say, I accomplished mm. all these things, which to me is like really, you know, awesome because I'm not sitting here like, what did I do with the, my yeah. life this five months? I'm like, I can see exactly what I do with my life this five yeah. months and be really yeah, proud yeah. of myself. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, that's so crucial. Cause I, when I started implementing that and that's something I do every week now, yeah. um, it really kind of helps you understand, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm actually either on track or I'm not or whatever. Yeah. And, and it really kind of helps you isolate um, the way you feel about certain things yeah. during certain moments or certain seasons of your life. Yeah. Because uh, that's one thing that I realize is, you know, you, something bad will happen. Yeah. On, let's say like Monday at work and then you're you just like sit in it and then it bleeds into Tuesday. Yeah. And it's a week and then, you know, you don't identify it. You don't. Yeah. Then like a month goes by and you're still feeling bitter about that thing because uh, you never sat down and actually looked at it. And then next thing you know, you, your whole year yeah. is like bitter. Yeah. And you're like well, based off of something that happened one day. Yeah. Versus like every week you isolate, okay, how, yep. you know, and then you, you read. Yeah, you compartmentalize. Exactly, exactly. And then it allows you to move forward into the next week. And okay, yeah. cool, like, you know, this is a new week. Yeah. Um, and a lot, of, at least for me, my life was so, like, it still is busy, but it's it was, I felt like I didn't have time to do that. Yeah. Uh, and even when I first started doing it, I, I told, uh, <laughs> Daniel was my accountability partner. I was yeah. like, man, I, I hate doing this. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like so frustrating because I feel like, because it's the same questions. Yep. And I'm like, at first I'm like, cool, this is cool, this is new. But then after like the third week, I'm like, man, I'm getting so frustrated. Yeah. And um, I actually, it's funny because I realized something about myself within those. Uh, I, it was like just kind of funny because I was one day I was doing it and I was I was looking at the question. The first question was asking like, you know, what are you proud of, and then how mm-hmm. can you get one uh, percent better? 
And I couldn't answer like the, any of them. I mm -hmm. was like super frustrated and I was like, this is so dumb. I was, like, yeah. And then I almost like just was going to like not do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but then uh, I realized I was like, okay, well, why, why do I feel so like flustered and mad? Yeah. Like yeah. there's really like this thing's not doing anything to me. Like, it's not <laughs> like it's trying to like come at me or anything. I'm like, yeah. I, I didn't like insult me. And I felt like the same frustration that I felt when I was like in high school, mm. when I was like looking at like a math problem and I didn't yeah. understand it. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well, I probably just don't understand the question. And mm -hmm. then I was looking at the question and I'm like, it's a pretty simple question, but I'm still mad. And then I kind of just kind of kept going deeper and deeper. And I realized it's cause like, I, I, I've never really taken the time to actually say what I'm proud of yeah. for, about myself. Wow. It felt yeah. very, it felt very weird to do. Yeah. Um, and so when I would go into that, it was very uncomfortable for yeah. me. So then I would just get frustrated and then yeah. I just rather like, you know, just, yeah. this is dumb and yeah. then just move on. But once I did that, I was like, okay. I uh, identified a limiting belief yeah. and then I was like, dang, like I actually need to work on that. Cause yeah. it's something I, I, I feel like I was always, I kind of thought it was like a, like just being humble kind of thing. Yeah. But then it's like, again, you're, if you're too humble, then it actually, you know, limits you. Versus yeah. the same thing if you're too arrogant. Yeah. So I was like, uh, really just like, man, like why am I not proud of myself? And it, and ultimately the, that, that trend has led to burnouts in my life. Yeah. And, and it's, it was funny that just a simple questionnaire yeah. just really helped me realize it in that moment. And, um, and then I was like, dang, man. And I had to tell Daniel, I was like, this, yeah. you know, like, this is actually like legit, even yeah. though it's so simple. Yeah. Um, but then again, if I didn't do that, yeah. if I didn't take the time to do that, I would have never identified yeah. that. I'd probably be still an issue today. It's fundamentals. And that's where yeah. like shortening that feed feedback loop mm -hmm. is, is so important because people think time will solve things. Time doesn't change anything. Yeah. What you do in that time, remember, activity is the only thing that changes results. Yeah. So if you reflect once a week and see, uh, hey, this is working. I'm really proud of myself for this. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. Then you're going to accelerate the time it takes for you to accomplish X, Y, Z. And then if you adjust to saying, whoa, what if I waited 10 weeks to actually see that that was bad? Yeah, I know, for real. Honestly. Versus one week. Yeah. Now I'm I'm shortening the time gap for me to change and get yeah. better. Um, and that's how we, I, I really think accelerating vision is not like some hokey pokey thing. I think it's actually yeah. very, it's almost math mathematical in a sense. Honestly, you know? yeah, no, 100%. Because like, that's how I, I, I don't like to, like, Again, these people who just take these little bits and yeah, pieces yeah, and yeah. like just say, "Oh, a affirmation will do it." Like, it feels very hokey pokey. It feels yeah. very like, "Oh, like you know, the universe will make yeah, it." Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not like that. I think very logically. Yeah. I'm like, well, and then and then if you look into the science of habits and all stuff, it's like there's it's all there. You just have to yeah. kind of how you did it. You piece it all together, and then you just have to practice it. And it becomes a fundamental. Yeah. And it's like, and, and the same thing how, like, at least, again, I was at Marksmanship Shooter, so there's seven fundamentals into going and when mm. you're doing long-distance shooting. And it doesn't matter if you do all six and then miss one or if you do, you know, just three. Like, it doesn't matter. The result will be the same you're going to miss. Yeah. Um, and same thing is you, you you can't just take just goal setting or just yeah, affirmations. That's so or true, just, bro. And then think that it's going to, you're going to hit your goal or you're going to yeah. hit, you know, the, the It's got to be holistic. 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You have to hit them all and they all have their, their part to play. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's even, it's, it's almost like, so at the the last fundamental with shooting is follow through, right? Mm, so you have to wow. take the time to let the shot, you know, happen before you break eyesight and then, you know, decide to document or mm. whatever it is you're going to do. Uh, and that's kind of what I feel like the weekly recaps are yeah. really is a follow through yeah. because, you know, if you, if like, for example, if you shoot and then you immediately, well, once you shoot, you do everything right. And then your follow through is not there and you immediately turn to the left or turn to the right. It's like that small, like your, mm. wherever your head goes, your body follows. Yeah. So that small, like inch so is going to move the barrel slightly as the rounds exiting. And then you're going to completely miss. And obviously yeah. with, with distance that, that, that the distance of you missing is going to increase. Yeah. So it's like, it's the same thing. If you don't, you can have everything, but then if you don't have the accountability and then you don't actually reflect so true it's not gonna you're not so gonna hit true. what you're trying to do so I, I love how you kind of pieced all that together, i love how man. you illustrated that, that awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thanks man thanks man i, I really i, I we, we can go all day i know i know i, know, I don't awesome. even know if we're over time but <laughs> i really want to respect your time man thanks again thanks, for uh, being on here i really want people to know where to find you yeah. if they want to like ask questions mm -hmm. hire you guys out i'm gonna have you look into this camera and yep. just tell them where the people can find you well, uh, we have a website. It's called www.vivallgroup.com. V, like Victor, I-V, like Victor, A-L-L, group.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Alex Klott, A-L-E-X-K-L-O-T-T, -T, or um, follow Vival Group on Instagram, Vival Group. Um, it's pretty simple on Instagram. So um, we'd love to connect with you if you're frustrated uh, about where you're at and uh, – and not feeling like you're living in your vision, then we'd love to help you. So thanks for having me, man. It's been thanks a lot of fun. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to put everything in the description below. So if you want to hit him up on IG or his website, uh, we'll have that down below. Thanks, man. I appreciate thanks, you. Been an honor.